start the week with Tim and Damo on the Unmade Podcast. Welcome back. I'm Tim Burrows. And I'm a beauty filling in for Damo. As we record, it's getting on for 10 o'clock on Monday here in the UK. And it's just before 7 here on Tuesday morning in Australia. Today, AFL rights battle gets underway. Twitter is up for grabs. And the TV ratings war starts again. So morning, Abe. Thank you very much for getting out of bed early. As we mentioned in the last edition of uh, Best of the Week, Damien is, uh, he's joined the COVID club. So he's a little under the weather on the road to recovery, but, uh, I guess his voice, well, sometimes you can get a nice husky voice from that sort of thing, can't you? (laughs) But, uh, but not that. So, um, so thank you. You're, you're, you've been the, uh, you've, you've been the, the power behind the podcast for some time doing the, uh, doing the production, both on the, the audio versions of the, the, the media unmade book, but also the podcast as well. So it's nice to put you in front of the microphone. Thank you very much, Tim. It's good to be here, and it's an absolute pleasure to be asking you the questions. <laughs> it is, and it's worth mentioning. Um, your 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 company, Abe's Audio, is um doesn't just do um, production for podcasts, but various audio stuff. And um, like myself, a proud Tasmanian. Exactly. I moved to Tassie almost twenty something years ago. I started my business, my my bedroom in country South Australia, and. I've moved here and absolutely love it. The business has grown and Tassie is a beautiful place to live. Well, let's get straight to it. Um, where should we start this week? Let's start with a story which appeared in both The Age and The SMH. The AFL rights will soon be up for grabs. This is a big one, actually, and it's come up a little sooner, certainly than than I was expecting. So this is um, reported um, yesterday, actually, on Monday. There, was, there wasn't much action in the, the usual media sections on the Monday because of Easter, but this was the one that stood out for me. Former colleague of mine, Zoe Samuels, reported it. Um, the AFL was sent out the uh, invitations to express an interest from potential bidders for the rights, which are, as most people would know, um, held by seven for the free to air rights and Foxtel Group for the um, uh, pay rights. So it used to be Telstra as well, although most of those rights have since shifted across for the, the streaming side of it to uh, KO, which is part of the Foxtel Group. Now, this is huge, particularly away from the East Coast. The one thing that really guarantees ratings in any given week is sport. And of course, you know, for the for, for 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 the winter game, then that that's AFL or NRL, depending where in the country we are. An absolute keystone of sevens ratings for the last few years. Um, there had been a time when ten held some rights as well. So the fact that this is up for grabs, we we always knew it would be. Um, seems to have started a little bit early and. Um, uh, in, in 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 this piece of reporting, it's it's suggesting it might be linked to the fact that um, CEO um, Gil McLaughlin uh, recently signalled that he would be um, uh, moving on after you know a long time at the helm. So trying to get one more deal done first. Um, the last deal was worth something like two point five billion over the amount of time it ran, which was um, the heavy lifting was done by Foxtel. Uh, also, um, Seven West Media p- 
put in nearly a billion themselves. And then Telstra was involved as well. Telstra obviously is a is also a co-owner with News Corp of Foxtel in its own right. And then um, more recently, Telstra effectively relinquished those uh, mobile rights to go across to uh, to KO Sport. So this one is. Um, it it is it, it's hard to underestimate what a big deal it will be um to be honest because um it will mean that um such a fundamental part of the schedule will be up for grabs um i um i almost don't know where to begin yeah so what's what's your best guess at what will happen right okay um firstly i suppose it almost feels like incumbents will always go the extra mile because the pain of losing something like that is so much more mm. that it's almost worth risking your finances, risking going into debt to hang on to it. So we saw how badly 10 fell behind when it relinquished its AFL rights. Um, that was way back when Lachlan Murdoch was at the helm. And at the time, it felt like the reason he didn't fight that hard to hang on to some of 10's rights was because NRL was about to come up and he was going to change horses, but was unsuccessful in doing that. And arguably, 10's ratings have never recovered. Yeah. So... Um, Firstly, you know, the obvious thing is Seven will fight really hard. Still got a big debt pile. Um, so there's that to contend with. It'll be really intriguing whether uh, the sporting code actually asks for some sort of parent company guarantee from Seven because if, uh, you know, let's assume Seven ends up agreeing to pay another billion dollars, then you would want absolute certainty that it would still be in business at the end of it. So it might actually end, ask um, Seven Group Holdings, the parent company, um, Kerry Stokes, the proprietor's sort of other company, might ask for a parent company guarantee. So that's one thing. Another thing to bear in mind, and I think this is an outside shot, um, last time around, people forget that Nine had been a five city metro network for only a couple of years last time this deal was done because um it was only i think in about 2013 that nine wrapped up yeah correct yeah adelaide and perth yeah so that that they they bought those back from win um now of course wins the long time um affiliate anyway um, but you, you could see that particularly holding NRL as well, they wouldn't have gone for the rights. But obviously what's changed since then is now Five City Network and, of course, much more in bed with Win for the regions as well. And also now owns Stan, the streaming service, which has Spore. Mm. So it has another outlet. So there's there's a rationale there. And then there's a obviously a big third player in free-to-air, which is um, 10 now owned, by, now owned by Paramount, potentially deeper pockets. Paramount also has Paramount Plus as a streaming service, also offers sport. So that feels like another play. And then outside of all of that, we've got the random factor that as the law stands, the anti-siphoning rules that stop sport from going behind a paywall for Foxtel, the law was written so long ago, there's nothing to stop the streaming players. So if uh, um, most likely Amazon Prime, I suppose, or someone like that comes in who doesn't have a free-to-air partner, then 
there might be nothing in the law as it stands to stop that at the moment. Now, you could see all of the TV networks would immediately run screaming to the government and probably get their way <laughs> if that yeah. happened. But, um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's massive and it's, it's in play. Um, and the, 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 the timetable suggested here certainly seems to be that um, we'll see a result this side of Christmas. Next, the next ratings battle begins. Um. Made. So it was a big night in Australian TV over the Easter weekend. Tim, it's a non-ratings period, but it didn't feel that way. Look, it's such a cliche. We talk all the time about, um, you know, the the official rating seasons and non and the 40 weeks of the ratings year, um, which, which, which each year Ostham does still publish those ratings. And there are the, there's the two-week Easter break, which we're officially currently in. But wow, it didn't feel like it. So last night, Monday nights, we we effectively saw the sort of the start of the next period of the mm. ratings race. So um, absolutely massive night for the three free to air networks with all uh, going into play, you know, with their own versions of of reality shows. Really, so nine launched Lego Masters. Uh, we had uh, seven launching their version of The Voice again, and we had uh, ten bringing back MasterChef. So the three giants, um, all fascinating shows, all slightly different mixes. Uh, for nine Lego Masters, that's the one presented by Hamish Blake, which um, uh, is is I guess that's the sort of family friendly, feel good counterbalance mm. yeah. to something like Married at First Sight, which is a bit racy. Um, then you've got the voice which used to live on 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 nine and has been and you know really was the saving of nine when they when mm. they launched it in about two thousand and twelve. Um, now on seven and you know seven have successfully rebooted it. It's interesting how they let how nine let the voice go as well, and seven have done so well with it the last couple of seasons. It must have been such a dilemma for them because it, it lost certainly lost steam under nine. So of course there is that question of you know do you pay a lot of money for the rights just to warehouse stuff and people don't tend to have that money and 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 you you know you're right and it's something that seven have done a few times so they've they've picked up a you know a a few rights to 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 tried and trusted shows that had gone off air again so you know i guess another great example of that would be something like big brother which had you know used to live mainly on 10 and then came across and then of course you know we've seen sort of master chef which is now well over a decade of living on 10 still going um and we now see uh julie goodwin um who who was the the the, the first season winner back on air in this one as well so so three absolutely heads to heads now um the ratings, um, as we're recording, the ratings aren't in. They'll, they're they 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 they're generally embargoed till about ten a.m. I did see somebody um, uh, tweet some indicative numbers last night because you can um, uh, fetch TV offer some streaming services and they can kind of have a glimpse of what their audience are doing, which, um, which is indicative only, but that certainly suggested a very big audience for the voice followed by Lego masters, followed by master chef, which would tend to be yeah, how it typically lands. Now, of course, you know, they're, as I say, indicative only, so we'll have to see. But we're, we're a few hours from finding that out. But that does feel like it will decide where where things will go from here. 
And so who's winning the the ratings year so far? Yeah, look, looking look, look looking at the year to date, and this the, you know, I'm sort of looking at this through a Austam data supplied um, to all of the trade press by nine, and I'll, I'll I'll put a link for this into the the e- email that accompanies this as well, and it's the, to a certain extent it's the same old story. A lot of the glory is shared between seven and nine. Total people mainly goes seven's way. Um, 25 to 54, which is the key advertising demo, goes nine's way. Pretty much in every demo, 10 is, is third and, and a poor third. But where, where 10 does put its best foot forward is in 1639s. Um, but looking at the last kind of week, and, and that, that's for the year to date. Um, looking at the, uh, the, the ratings for the week just gone though, um, actually interesting to see. Certainly for sixteen thirty nine and twenty five fifty four, ten actually had the number one show, which doesn't happen very mm. often. That was the uh, Formula One, uh, the podium session of the the Melbourne Grand Prix last Sunday, which of course has massive interest. But other shows sort of performing well in this kind of unofficial sort of non ratings ratings period. Mm. Um, News always does well, so seven news. Um, Top show overall with just under a million in the five city metro, but um, also doing well. Travel guides for nine, and um, there was one other for ten that did okay. The doghouse. <laughs> so um, you know, it's a it, it it's about the it, it's about the uh, where where we would probably expect to be at this point in the year. I think. Next is Elon Musk really going to buy Twitter? Unmade. So this one broke just before the weekend, Tim, and having bought a stake in Twitter, Elon Musk now wants to buy the whole thing. Do you think he'll get his way? Yes, I did write about this one in Best of the Week over the weekend, which if anybody missed enjoying that Easter, then I certainly uh, don't blame you for having better things to do. Um, What fascinates me about this one is it, it seems so obvious now it's beginning to happen. You know, you have Elon Musk who has a lot of his fortune tied up in Tesla, um, which gives him some liquid wealth, but also just a lot of paper wealth as well. Uh, I think we could describe him as a super user of Twitter anyway. He um, he uses it to, to fight his fights, wind people up, talk about whatever interests him at the time, which is often uh, in, in, in recent months has tended to be around uh, crypto or the problems with Twitter. Um, so first of all, he... Um, caused a bit of surprise by announcing that he'd bought 9% in Twitter. Uh, it being Elon Musk's way, he was a bit late doing his filings. So there was some criticism that actually he'd got some of those shares at a cheaper rate than they would otherwise have gone because obviously the share price began to get go up a little. Um, then he kind of messed around a bit. There was uh, eventually an announcement that he had agreed to join the board which felt very much like they decided that it would be better to have him inside the tent than outside, because even with a 9% stake, there was no guarantee that he'd have a right to join the board. But I think they kind of assumed that just the extra responsibilities of, you know, how he shared news and all of those things once you're a board member was worth it. Um, He then changed his mind, decided not to join after all, and then instead announced a takeover bid, a takeover offer, um, 
And this is where certainly, you know, I and I think many investors get a bit cynical. Um, The fact that the share price of Twitter didn't really go up when he made his offer suggests that a lot of people think it's not real. Um, Perhaps having had his fun with buying his 9%, he was beginning to regret it and is looking for a face-saving way out. So his offer had that sort of implicit threat that if it wasn't taken, then he might have to sell his whole stake, which, of course, might then drive the share price back down again. Um, There's so much theatre in in what he does, isn't there, really? There's so much much puff and, and, and wind, really, it seems. Yeah, look, he is. He's a massive show off. Um, he clearly loves the attention. I mean, look, he, he's such a strange character. You know, he's this weird mixture of, you know, Bruce Wayne and Tony Stark. Um, as you know, as I said in the email, I'm not, you know, I, I don't think he does anything in the vigilante front like they do, but, uh, but who knows? But yeah, he's, a, he's this amazing character, but he also clearly really needs the spotlight. You know, everything about this does seem like he's courting the spotlight on it, but it does feel to me like this won't happen. Um, certainly not at the price he's offering, which he said is his final offer, which again, very rarely does it actually work out like that with that sort of bid that your first offer is actually the one that's accepted. So I suspect um, we'll probably see him sell down again and then just sit at the, the, the sidelines sniping away. So, look, my guess is that um, Elon will not be the next owner of Twitter. Well, that's it for today. We would love to hear what you think of everything we've been talking about at letters at unmade.media. That's letters at unmade.media. There'll be another edition of the Unmade email on Wednesday and the next edition of the Unmade podcast will drop on Thursday with another chapter of the audio version of Tim's book, Media Unmade. And we're getting to the final chapters now of Media Unmade. Uh, We're up to chapter 25, the story of how COVID blew up Australian media. So we're really beginning to get there. And if you haven't given us a rating yet in the podcast catcher of your choice, please do so. It helps other people to find us. Today's podcast was produced by myself from Abe's Audio, and we will see you next time. Get well, Damo, and toodle pip. Unmade. Podcast edit by Abe's Audio.